Okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and read. We're going to be reading through Isaiah 34. If you are here for the first time, this is the Read and Rant, where we commit 20 to 30 minutes reading through Scripture. Um, we're going to commit about 10 to 15 today reading through Scripture. But we're going to commit some time in just the reading of the Word. And then we're going to spend a few minutes just reflecting on the Word. And I think this is critically important because what I believe is the most uh, profoundly impactful endeavor for the believer is to read the scriptures for themselves. It goes back to what we were just saying. What liberated the slaves was not having a white man tell them what the Bible said, but was when they actually learned how to read. And when they learned how to read and saw what the scriptures were saying, they realized that what they were reading wasn't aligned with what they were being taught and being told. And so, therefore, if we just read it for ourselves, we would find freedom in that. And a lot of the oppression that we see in the church, a lot of brokenness that we see in the church comes from the reality that many believers simply are being told what the Bible says rather than going to the Bible for themselves. And so that's why we're here. This read and rant is so that we spend time together in the reading of the word and that you would be exposed to the totality of text. And so we've read from Genesis and we're going to read all the way to Malachi. And then we'll go into the New Testament and read from Matthew all the way to Revelation. And so that's what we endeavor to do. And so with that being said, uh, go ahead and turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 34. And since this is a meditation, this isn't a Bible study. Okay, we do that on Patreon. We did that yesterday. I hope that was a blessing to you all who are on Patreon. Um, I just posted it on Patreon, so you can go and get the replay. I just posted the replay audio so you guys can get that. And I hope it was a blessing to you as we continued our Bible study on the, the, um, the idols of the church. What I want to do uh, today is not a Bible study, but I want to do just a Bible meditation and a reading. And to do that, we're going to ask three questions. We're going to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? That's the second question we're going to ask. And then the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? Okay, that's that's it. And then we're just going to journey together through through that. And so let's pray and then let's get started. Father, I ask that um, in the moments that we're here together reading your word, Father, I pray that you would bless us, Lord, that you would um, lead us in the truth of your word as we're reading through Isaiah, Father, Lord. It's a heavy book. Um, but Lord, there's so much... Um, that we can receive from it that reveals your heart, your will, your desire. Um, and so, Father, just allow us to know you more today as we read your word. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 34, and we'll read verse 1. And it says this. Come near you nations to hear and heed your people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it the world and all things that have come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury against all their enemies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. Also their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. 
all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down, as the leaf falls from the vine, and as the fruit falling from a fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Indeed, it shall come down on Edom and on the people of my curse for judgment. The word of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made overflowing with fatness. With the blood of lambs and goats and the fat of kidneys, the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. The wild oxen shall come down with them, the young bulls with the mighty bulls. The land will be soaked with blood and their dust saturated with fatness. It is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. Its streams shall be turned into pitch and its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. Its smoke shall ascend forever. From generation to generation, it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever, but the pelican and the porcupine shall possess it. Also the owl and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out over it. The line of confusion and the stones of emptiness, they shall call its nobles to the kingdom. But none shall be there, and all its princes shall be nothing, and thorns shall come up in its places, nettles and brambles in its fortresses. It shall be a habitation of jackals, a courtyard for ostriches. The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also the night creature shall rest there, and find for herself a place of rest. There the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall be the hawks, sorry, there also shall the hawks be gathered, every one with her mate. Search from the book of the Lord and read, not one of these shall fail, not one shall lack her mate. For my mouth has commanded it and his spirit has gathered them and he has cast the lot for them. And his hand has divided it among them with a measuring line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation, they shall dwell in it. Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and the blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. The excellency of our God. Strength, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, the Lord will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be stopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. 
in inhabitation in the inhabitation of jackals where each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up for it. It shall be not it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy in their hands. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 36. Now it shall come to pass in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then the king of Assyria sent the Rebshakeh with a great army to Lachish, to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. And he stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. And Eliakim, the son of Helkiah, who was over the household of Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to him. Then Rebshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? I say you speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. Now in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, it is not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar. Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you a thousand horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. Then you will repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen. Have I now come up without the Lord against this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to Rebshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rebshakeh said, Has my master sent me to your master and to you to speak these words and not to the men who sit on the wall, who will eat and drink their waste with you? Then the Rebshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and said, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, the Lord will deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make peace with me by my present, by a present and come out to me. Every one of you eat from his own vine and every one of and every one from his own fig tree. 
and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware, lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying the Lord will deliver us. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands will of these lands have delivered their countries from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. But they held their peace. Answer them not a word, for the king's commandment was, do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told them the words of Reb Shekah. Verse 30, chapter 37. And so it was. When Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself in sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and the elders and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children have come to birth but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of Rebshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God. Hmm. And will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master. Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servant of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Blasphemed me. Assuredly, I will send the spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his old, own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Then Repshka returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he heard that he had departed from Lachish. And the king heard concerning Ter- uh, sorry, Terakah, king of Ethiopia. He has come out to make war with you. So when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of King Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to the lands by utterly destroying them. And shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered those of my fa- those whom my fathers have destroyed? Gozan, Haran, and Rezav, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad? the king of Safavaim, Hannah, and Eva. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, 
the one who dwells between the cherubim. You are God, you alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly the kings of Assyria have laid waste to all the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, because you have prayed against me, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back, whom you have reproached and blasphemed against you, against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high against the Holy One of Israel. By your servants, you have reproached the Lord and said, by the multitude of my chariots, I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter its farthest height to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk water and with the soles of my feet have dried up all the brooks of defense. Did you not hear long ago how I made it from ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruin. Therefore, their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass of the housetops and the grain blighted before it is grown. But I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in, and your rage against me, because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Therefore, I will put my hook in your nose, and I will bridle your lips, and I will turn you back in the way in which you came. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year, such as grows itself. The second year, what springs from the same. The third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Hmm. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant. And those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before with a shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into the city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Hmm. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose in the morning, there were corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, went away and returned home and remained in Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshiping the house of Nishrod his god, 
that his sons, Adremelech and Sherezer, struck him down with a sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat, where Esaradon, his son, reigned in his place. The word of God. There's uh, a lot to unpack from this. And as I told you today, I don't have an intention to um, spend a significant amount of time on this on this particular reading, given that I'm not afforded the time to do it. But I wanted to at least leave you with a few thoughts. As I mentioned before to you, Isaiah is uh, obviously a letter or a book written by a prophet. It's a prophetic book. Prophetic books give you a certain angle, give you a certain perspective to what is transpiring. Whenever we see something happening, there's always a spiritual force behind it. There are things happening in a realm that we do not see that govern the things that we see. And so there's an intertwining of both what happens in the physical and what happens in the spiritual. We've read this before. We've read these things before. As a matter of fact, this story, if you've been with us in the read and rant, you've been journeying with us in the read and rant, you've read this, you've seen it. This is the story that we read in 2 Kings, where we read the story of Hezekiah, who was king of Judah, and Judah being in the south, Israel being in the north, confronting Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, who is coming to overtake the nation of Israel. Sennacherib, of course, is a man of great power, of renown. People know him. He has a name. His kingdom, his empire is growing, and he's just gobbling up nations. I love this particular portion of scripture in the book of Isaiah because it's different from anything we've read in Isaiah up until this point. Because Isaiah has been really speaking on a spiritual prophetic level. But then it's like Isaiah takes a pause here at this point in the reading to shift into history again. And this story almost sounds like a carbon copy of something we've read before which we've read in 2 Kings chapter 18, which we've read also in 2 Chronicles chapter, uh, chapter 32, I believe. So we've seen this before. We've read this before. We've seen this happen before. And now Isaiah is giving us the same story again. This points to one thing or a few things, but the one thing that this points to is that in the history of the Hebrew people, this particular story is important. I want to make sure I first point that out. That if we read this story now in three different places in the Bible, this particular story is important. It's important that we read it and it's important that we understand it because if it's in Chronicles and if it's in Kings, if it's in the book of Chronicles and it's in the book of Kings, and now it's in the book of Isaiah, God is trying to say something here. God is saying something to the children of Israel, which we can pay very, very close attention to here. Israel at this point in its history has, been, has disobeyed God. 
And so we're seeing a precipitous decline in the kingdom of Israel. Israel has become weaker and weaker and weaker. Hezekiah, who now is king, one who we'd say among them is one of the better kings among them. But Hezekiah is also weak. His weakness is not in maybe some of the things that we had seen in the other kings, but his weakness is in his faith. Hezekiah doubted. Hezekiah questioned Israel's capacity. Hezekiah questioned Israel's capacity in relation to the powers of the nations that were around them. And so when Hezekiah hears the threat of Sennacherib, the first thing he does is he begins to mourn. He mourns and he weeps because he all that comes to his mind is, I know how strong Sennacherib is. I know how strong the Assyrian Empire is. I know how strong and powerful that government is and that institution is. I know what that institution is capable of. We know the history. We know what they've done. And here we are hoping they would ignore us. But now we find ourselves dead in their purview, dead in their perspective, dead at their vantage point, where now they're looking to come to us. And we don't have the men. We don't have the resources. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the power, the might to be able to withstand this huge army. Not only that, notice what the uh, what what the messenger does. If you notice in the in the earlier part of the text, when the messenger, the Rebshika, the Rebshika, who's the messenger, comes before as a herald to let them know about what is coming, that there is a kingdom coming, the kingdom of Assyria, the empire of Assyria. And he comes in there, and what he does is that he offers to those who are standing on the wall the opportunity not to fight, but just to join. Not to fight, but to join. And of course, they had received uh, commands from, 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 from the king, as we see, as we read in the text, receiving commands from the king that they ought not to respond. Why would an almighty and all-powerful kingdom come in and offer to just join? Is it because it's inconvenient? Is it because, you know, it's their primary objective? It's their primary um, um, goal? It's their primary directive? We go in and we conquer. But the way we conquer is not through might, but through division. The way we conquer is to weaken the enemy by bringing the enemy on our side. The way we conquer is to offer them something that's good for them, but may not be good for the grander picture. If we can get the people to compromise particularly the people on the wall, if we can get them to compromise, then the battle becomes much easier. 
Hezekiah hears that they're making the offer to join them. And it's there that Sennacherib completely loses it. If he was questioning his ability or the capacity for Israel to overcome this enemy, now he knows we're dead and gone. Because if they're making deals and making offers, there ain't no way we're going to be able to win from this. Battles are not fought. Make sure you hear this. Are not fought first with swords and with guns. Battles are first fought in the mind. Battles are not fought with bullets, knives, pistols. Wars are fought with words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if you can have the right conversations with the right people, you can manipulate, you can weaken, you can defeat people with words. Many people are trying to fight certain battles with money. They're trying to fight certain battles with, you know, influence and power and might, not realizing that there are battles within that weaken them, that do not give them the capacity to be able to withstand what's on the outside. This is an army that is powerful. This is an army that has great influence, but why fight a battle if it isn't even necessary? If I can just simply disarm you with my words, make an offer to you that seems initially good for you, then seems like the easier way to go. Wouldn't you agree, fam? Why go through all of that? Why go through bloodshed? Why go through any of that? Why not simply just take our offer? This is the deception of the enemy. This is what the enemy does. And I want you to pay very, very close attention to this. Assyria has an agenda to amass power and force and influence. Sennacherib is about commanding and conquering. Conquering and commanding. He's about overtaking with power. Why does he want to command and conquer? He wants to command and conquer so that he can draw all the wealth and all the ability and all the gifting and all the creativity of the region that he's in for his own benefit. He, his intention is to suck the life out of areas and regions in order to amass his own strength and power. His agenda is not creativity. His agenda is not creative. His agenda is destructive. Sennacherib is not here for you to win. Sennacherib is here so that he wins and that everyone else can, can that, that he can feed from everyone else. Sennacherib knows how to, when though, he knows if I can get them 
and offer them something that they want, then I'll be able to take everything away from them. Senate Cherub offers them security, offers them comfort, offers them resources, offers them position, offers them all of these things. And if they would take that offer, then he can amass his power. Notice what he's doing. It's a bait and switch. He's giving them a temporal win so that he can gain an eternal win. He's giving them temporal comfort so that he can gain an eternal victory. He's giving them temporality, temporal pleasure, temporal joy at the consequence of eternal pain. And yet this is what the enemy does. The offer is good in the moment. And for many of us, we have sold ourselves short due to temporal offers. You know, it's the short-term offers that we take that lead us to long-term pain. It's the short-term decisions that we make that lead us to long-term destruction. It's the short-term joys and pleasures that lead us to long-term turmoil. What the devil wants to do, the way that the enemy takes your eternal joy is he offers you temporal satisfaction. If I can get them to just believe in the little bit of pleasure or joy that they can get in this moment, I can rob them and take them and have them for the eternal satisfaction that I want to get out of them. How many people have found themselves realizing that it's actually the compromises that I made in the short term that has led to long-term pain and suffering. How many of us have compromised our purpose because of a short-term joy, pleasure, short-term satisfaction? How many of us have mortgaged our future just for a moment. That's the problem with a lot of us is we're giving the enemy too much of us now because what's being offered now is so good. It's so good. Just in this moment, I just want companionship right now and you've lost marriage. I just want, you know, just a buddy to hang with me but then you've lost covenant friendships. I just, I just want to spend on this particular thing, but then you're broke for eternity. I, I just want this moment. How many of us have mortgaged our future for the moment? And yet what God is saying is he's saying, invest in the moment in me. You know, I, look at this text and I see an offer that's being made. And the temptation is 
Let's take the offer. Let's take what Senator Cherub has to offer. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take what Senator Cherub has to offer because what he's offering right now is good right now. Whew, the enemy will look for your weaknesses. He will look for your need in the moment. The enemy will look for what you believe or think that you need or what you desire in the moment. The enemy will take your desire, offer it up to you at the cost of your future, at the cost of your purpose, at the cost of your calling. How many of us, when we look back, there were some decisions that we made that were only good in the moment, but it cost us decades, cost us years, if only we can go back and change. But how about we just change right now? How about instead of taking up the offer of the enemy right now, how about we get into the conviction of who God has called us to be? There's a greater calling on the other side. And when you are convinced and convicted of the greater calling that God has on your life, it gives you the confidence to say no to the enemy today. Sometimes we just don't have the end in mind. We don't have the end in mind. We don't have the glory of Christ in mind. And here's what's so funny about this, fam. Speaking of the end in mind, Hezekiah receives revelation of the end in mind. <sighs> Isaiah comes with a word from the Lord. And he says, Sennacherib is going to die. Not by your doing, not by your acting, not by your power, not by your swords, not by any of that. He's going to die by his own sword. Sennacherib is going to die from within. Sennacherib is already defeated. There is no battle when you know the enemy's already defeated. Like, like take confidence in that. Whatever the enemy's offering to you that you know deep down in your heart, yeah, it's going to give me temporal joy right now. But if I join the enemy here, I'm joining a losing team. Like when you know and are confident about who you are and who God has called you to be, when you know that it's the devil that's tempting you, when you know it's the devil that's coming for you and you know that the devil has already been defeated, then there is no battle. There is no war. The game is already over. The game is rigged. Satan is defeated. And so if Satan is defeated and he's already won the battle from you, what Satan wants from you is he wants you to mortgage the victory that God has already attained for your life for something temporary in this moment. For something temporary in this time. The enemy cannot win. The end has already been made. The game is already rigged. The game is already rigged. The enemy is defeated. Satan is defeated. Jesus paid it all.
We have the victory and God gets the glory. Ah, but if the enemy can get you to forget that he's already a loser, then he can tempt you with just a temporary satisfaction, a temporary moment of, you know, let me compromise who I am. Let me compromise because if I can just compromise the moment, ah, then I can mortgage my purpose. Nah. You got to go to the enemy and say, you already lost. You have already been defeated. And when you know that the enemy has already been defeated, it gives you confidence to say no. Hezekiah already has a word from the Lord. Senate chair already lost. You know, we, we, we sometimes glorify the enemy way too much. We glorify the institutions way too much. We glorify the evil forces way too much. When I say we glorify them too much, we we sometimes go, man, the enemy's at work. Man, the enemy's, man, the enemy's going hard today. The enemy, as if there's a battle. (laughs) There is no battle, fam. There's no battle. There's no war going on between God and the enemy. This game is already over. The enemy is just making noise on the way down. So when the enemy offers you something, he's just looking to see how many people he can take down with him. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to see how many people will I take down with me if I can just simply get them to forget that I've already lost and that Jesus has already won, then I can get them to compromise their purpose for a moment. Let's not compromise the moment. Let's not compromise the purpose. Let's have the end in mind. God has already won. He has already won. Senate Cherub dies exactly like he was told by himself, by his own, by his sword, by his sons. Hezekiah didn't have to do a single thing. The end has already been won. So let's, let's live out today with the end in mind. God has already won. The devil has been defeated. There is no battle. Fam, let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Even today as we're reading this, Lord, Isaiah gives assurance to King Hezekiah. Gives assurance to King Hezekiah that Sennacherib has been defeated. But Sennacherib is is at work in the same way sometimes we see how The enemy can be at work in our lives. And yet, Lord, you're reminding us even today. Lord, that as the enemy swings and screams and speaks and moves and maneuvers and all that the enemy is doing, the game has already been rigged. The enemy has already been defeated. There is no battle for us to fight. 
it's already been won. So Father, teach us today to be confident in our call, to persevere and to endure, to be sanctified so that you would be glorified, to know, Lord, that you have paid it all, that we have the victory and that you get the glory. So Lord, I pray that we don't walk in defeat today, but that we would walk with the end in mind, that you have won and that you have overcome the world. And we say that in Jesus' name, amen. Fam, I gotta go. I love y'all. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. Getting ready for Black Friday on, on Friday night. It's gonna be an amazing production. The Font TV, it's gonna be awesome. I hope you guys can join me for that. Um, um, it'll be awesome, it'll be amazing. Also, bring your bread and your wine because we're going to do communion live online together. So that's going to be awesome as well. Um, as we celebrate, as we not celebrate, but remember the death of Jesus Christ. I will also say this, the production for our Black Friday is not the kind of production you like bring your kids to. It's dark. Okay. So we, we, we ask that you refrain from having your kids watch along with you. Um, but it's an amazing production great poetry and music and I'll, I'll share a closing word. Um, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, we're going to remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So join us, um, join us at eight on Friday night. It's going to be amazing. Follow the font TV as well. Uh, follow the font TV on IG. We'll give you all the details there. You'll get all the information there. Um, and, um, yeah, I look forward to that. Also, thank you to all my patrons. Guys, we had an amazing Bible study yesterday. If you are interested in supporting, I want to encourage you, prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Like, prayerfully consider it. Um, I say that to say that it's it's your patronage, your support that makes all of this possible. And I know you're thinking, okay, it's only $10 a month. It's no big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. It's absolutely affirming of what we're doing here. It's encouraging to us and it's opening doors for us to do even more. And so I, this is why I have some amazing news that I'm going to be sharing very, very soon. Um, I haven't shared it yet. I told my patrons they'll be the first to know. Um, but I have some amazing news that I'll be sharing next week. I will share it next week. Yeah. Uh, still a few things in the works. So I'll be sure to share it with you guys. Maybe I'll actually go on Zoom with y'all. I'll do a Zoom meeting and we can all go on Zoom and 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 talk about it then. Um, but yeah, to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Patreon.com slash Isaac Frere to support. And also you can click the link in the bio as well. That's another way to support the link in the bio. Just click that link. Um, and all the information is there. Join my email list as well and text me. Join the email list and text me, especially if I leave TikTok. Since I am uh, considering transitioning out of TikTok. So 